could paint the image that I was this monster who, who picked up like these altar boys along the street and swatted them like flies. I said, this is ludicrous. Okay, hello and welcome. Hello, this is the one where we talk about murder and I am Maggie. I'm Cassie. This week we are going to tell you all about John Wayne Gacy. We sure are. <laughs> this episode is also like just a couple days late. A lot of days late. There was a, um, yeah, a lot of days late, like three. There was just an issue with the computer. We couldn't record it. It wasn't, it sounded like we had basically thrown our microphones into my living room and then sat in the office and recorded. Yes. <laughs> so it's fixed now. We're good. Um, I don't think we're going to release one of the shorter episodes this week. We're just going to jump right into Dahmer next week, Monday, yeah. and we're going to go from there. So I got a lot of information from the uh, Peacock six-part docu-series, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise, which includes a lot of footage from the 1992 interview of John Wayne Gacy. Also, pretty much just like a, an excuse for me to rewatch the documentary multiple times. Yes. Blake loved it. It was on for probably a week straight in my house. Did he actually love it? No. Oh. He didn't watch it. He's like, oh, this again? Yes. Thank you. Okay, so John Wayne Gacy was born March 17th, 1942 in Chicago, Illinois to John Stanley Gacy and Marion Elaine Robison. He was a second child and only boy. Also, fun fact, they did name John Wayne Gacy after John Wayne the Cowboy. I didn't know Because that. John Sr. was obsessed with cowboys. Um, Gacy seemed to have a normal childhood besides the fact that his father was pretty shitty um, he was an unpleasant, abusive alcoholic who would verbally and physically assault all of his children. Yeah, I was like, I thought his dad was a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, he'll say that he had, like, not a terrible childhood growing up. Hmm. Besides his dad regularly beating him. I mean, yeah. it's not It's not great. It's okay, Johnny. You had a terrible childhood. It's fine. Yeah. Um, you like, can still like your mom. <laughs> He did. He did still like his mom. Even, like, in his last days, he still loved his dad, too. Like, it was, like, always that crave for attention and, like, approval. Like, he always mm -hmm. wanted his dad to be proud of him, and he never was. So... Well, he also named him John Wayne. Like, he's never going to be John Wayne. Well, he really wanted him to be. I know, but... I, mean, I think John Wayne was, like, also, like, a big guy. Yeah. The movie star? Yeah. Not Casey. No. He was kind of little. Yeah. Um. So, like, as an example of how shitty John Sr. was. So, like, when Gacy was two and a half, his little sister Karen was three weeks old and his older sister Joanne was four, they were sitting at the dinner table when John Sr. just, like, snapped out of nowhere. He threw food at his wife and then punched her directly in the face. Wow. Knocked her bridge out of her mouth. She, like, straight up just runs from the house. She's bleeding everywhere. His mother? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, like, runs into the street. Neighbors neighbors saw this, called the cops. The kids are, like, screaming and crying. So John Sr. runs back into the house, grabs a loaded handgun, and then just leaves. Uh, Marianne takes the kids, and they go to her sister-in-law's house. And then they went home, like, a couple days later. And John walks in, shows up for dinner, sits down. Like, everything was totally normal, and he hadn't punched his wife directly in the face. No blood. Nothing happened. Every okay. It was fine. Just dinner. Yep, just dinner is normal. Uh, Gacy also says that he was sexually abused several times throughout his childhood. He didn't have a normal childhood. He did not in any way. He says he did. 
I'm like, what do you think is normal? I mean, is that what was normal in like the 60s? The 40s. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Sorry, John. Um, so Gacy was a sleepwalker. I love at that. age three. And um, not at age three. Yes, That's age three. Spooky toddler walking around your house. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I already think spooky children walk around my house. They do. Yours and ghosts. <laughs> the shadow girl. <laughs> Ugh. Gacy's grammar school teacher recommended a school to him for disabled kids because he was a sleepwalker. I don't know how those two coincide. I don't either. He doesn't sound unintelligent. <laughs> no. Um, when, in 1946, when Gacy was four years old, he said that a 15-year-old mentally challenged girl brought him into a field and molested him. No. That's what he said. Like, during his interviews. I don't know if I believe that one. I mean, he says a lot of shit. Why would he start making shit up now? Because he's fucking crazy. Well, yeah, he is. When he's six years old, he starts to steal his mother's underwear. Yes. Also, later when they were, like, excavating his home, he loved it. He said they felt nice because they were soft. Okay. So later when they were excavating his home, they found bags of women's underwear, like, buried in the concrete. Also, a lot of his victims were found with their own underwear stuffed in their throats. Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, like, underwear obsession? Listen, I did try to take my mom's like 90 to preschool because it was like the satin feeling you yeah. know what i mean um but then my mom got smart and just went and bought a piece of like the fake satin from joanne's and gave that to me and stuff very smart very smart ended the lingerie taking to school so well um in 1949 when john is seven he's molested regularly by a contractor that was working on a house next door is that why he thinks it's a good idea to open pmd Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so this contractor basically becomes friends with Gacy's father to get close to John. Um, and he, like, picks him up and, like, goes for drives with him. Okay. And during these drives, he would basically, like, molest him in the car. Okay. He also would, like, not in the car, obviously, but he would show Gacy wrestling moves and all of the wrestling moves just happened to have Gacy's head between his legs or under his legs in some form. Mm, just every time. Coincidence. So it's so weird how that happens. Uh, when John was 10, his family moved to a new home and it had a huge basement. John Sr. wouldn't let anyone come down to it, ever. Um, he would like keep it locked. He would stay down there for hours. He would make the family wait to eat dinner until he came out of the basement. And if they, like, came down to call him for dinner, he would snap. Did he, like, work? I don't know. Just, like, a basement man? Just a basement man. Nobody's allowed down there. That's it. All right. So, uh, Gacy was diagnosed with a congenital heart condition and what he called a large bottlenecked heart at age 11. Oh, um, wow. And it would cause him to faint and black out randomly. His okay. dad thought he was making it up. Like, his child is fainting and having to be hospitalized several times, and his dad thought he was making it up. Nice. Yes. Uh, the condition made it so that he couldn't really do much physical activity because when his heart would race, it would cause him to black out. A doctor said he had this, though, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is diagnosed from a doctor. Okay. Um, and his dad said he was faking it. Yes. All right. Faking the blackouts. Oh, just the blackouts. hospitalizing him. Yeah. So um, he didn't, like, play on the playground. 
No, well, like the condition basically made it so he couldn't do any physical activity really. So it like, made him gain a lot of weight to which his dad said that he was like just a weak person. Where did the heart condition come in when he had to like throw 33 humans in a crawl space? You outgrow heart conditions, didn't you know that? Do you really? No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I have no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> no. I mean, I know that, like, sometimes kids outgrow heart murmurs, but that doesn't sound nearly as serious as, yeah, like, a... A bottlenecked heart, I think yeah. you called it. Yeah. Um, in 1954, Gacy is 12 years old, and his mom realizes that he's been stealing her underwear for six years now, by the way. Which she just... What? She just now realizes. I know. Would she... Does she not wear it? No. But she also tells him when she, like, figures this all out, she tells him, I'm going to make you wear this underwear if you like it so much. All right. But, like, just to embarrass him? Listen, Joey said it was better. <laughs> Triviani. <laughs> I mean, it is. I don't know. I think boxer briefs look comfortable. Like, I wish I could wear boxer briefs, like, under dresses, because then I could still do, like, activities. Mm-hmm. Have you tried? No, because I feel like boys' underwear is gross. It is. Get like, a new pair. Okay, maybe. Go out and buy yourself a new pair of men's Boxer underwear. Boxer briefs. I'll keep everybody up to it. At age 14... Gacy's knocked in the side of the head with a swing on the playground. Stop. We should take out swings. And this was when they discovered that he had epilepsy and epileptic seizures. He spent much of his teenage life from 14 to 18 in and out of hospitals for blacking out and seizures. And it takes five years, but doctors finally figure out that Gacy had a blood clot in his brain. The doctors do manage to break it up, but during recovery, Gacy's father continues to beat him regularly. So we're, we're just, we're doing a great job on all fronts here. It, not a normal childhood. I'm just going to say it again. He says normal childhood. I, he's brainwashed. Yeah. I don't know. That's not a normal childhood. No, it's not in any way, shape, or form. Even just the sickness. You take, don't think brain clots are normal? Take out the, take out the beatings. Just, the blackouts? Just the blackouts the and the blood clot and the seizures. <laughs> it's not normal, man. <laughs> Kids play. That's, that's normal. Yeah. So, because he was so sick, Gacy missed a lot of school. He tried to attend four different high schools during his senior year trying to finish up, but he never graduated. He dropped out, and this was another opportunity for his father to bully him and call him stupid. Gacy left Chicago for Las Vegas at the age of 18, and while he was in Las Vegas, he got sick because of his like heart condition. I mean, he had to go to the hospital, but he didn't have a job or any money, so he basically convinced the hospital to let him work as an ambulance driver to be able to pay off his hospital bills. Not a bad idea. It wouldn't be a bad idea if he was in any way qualified to do that job. But was it like what it was now? Because like I don't think ambulance drivers then had to be EMTs. I'm not sure. They at the very least needed a high school diploma, which he still did not have. I mean, probably, but uh, again, it's the 50s. Yeah. He convinces them that he does have all the requirements, but he does eventually get fired because they figure out he doesn't know what he's doing. He gets fired because they find out he doesn't know what he's doing, and also he does not have a high school diploma, which is a requirement for them. Uh, he then gets a job at a mortuary as an attendant. I love this. And it's there's reports of him fondling a corpse of a teenage boy on the last day he was there. Uh, he would also frequently sleep on a cot outside of the embalming room. Mm-hmm. So, he's not thriving in Vegas. He contacts his mother and father. They both tell him that he can come home. So, he decides to return to Chicago. During the 1960s, he enrolls in a business college and figures out that he is a talented salesman. 
Uh, he says that he could talk his way in and out of practically any situation. After graduating, he went to work as a management trainee at a shoe company in Chicago. He excelled in this position and within weeks was transferred to Springfield, Illinois to manage a men's clothing outlet, and he remained there for a year. Where's KFC come in? It's coming. Okay. Uh, during this time in his life, his health takes a turn for the worse. He gains a lot of weight. He's suffering from a lot of problems with his heart. Hospitalized several times for his heart condition and his spinal injury. Um, while he lived in Springfield, Gacy involved himself in several organizations. The Cairo Club, where he was a chairman. The Catholic Interclub Council, where he was a board member. The Federal Civil Defense for Illinois. The Chicago Civil Defense, where he was a commanding captain. The Holy Name Society, where he was an officer. The JCs, which was basically like a networking group. Which is like his favorite. And by the way, the only yes. people who are JCs were fucking terrible. Yes. Like uh, Nixon. Yeah. It's like no good people were JCs. No. Um, this is where Gacy spends like most of his volunteer time. And in 1964, he was titled Key Man. And in 1965, they made him vice president and named him third most outstanding member. Of the JCs? Of the JCs. Do you know why? Because when he joined the JCs, they had 18 members, and, like, after he had been involved for, like, a year, they had, like, 530. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we'll get into how he gets them to oh, yeah. join. Yeah. But it was, like, that's why they gave it to him. Yeah. Because they brought him people. Yes. They, that's how they said, like, you move up ranks based on how many people you get to join, like, their chapter. So he was yeah. third most outstanding member for their Chicago chapter. I'm sorry. The Illinois chapter? Yeah. yeah and it's, like, literally chapter. the Outstanding Man Award. Yes. <laughs> Key man, also, and vice president. It's just so funny. I know. Okay, so in 1964, Gacy meets and then marries a co-worker roughly a nine-month time span named Marilyn Myers, whose parents own a string of KFCs in Waterloo, Iowa. Gacy's father-in-law offers him three restaurants, making Gacy and his new wife move to Iowa. Gacy and his wife have two kids, one boy and one girl. After they move, he joins the Waterloo chapter of the JCs, where he quickly rises through the ranks. He's given the task of recruiting new members, and he does so by throwing crazy hotel parties in which he would show stag films, which is just illegal porn, mm -hmm. and organizing orgies with sex workers. This so is also when he convinces his wife to become a swinger and partake in drugs for fun. Is that like snuff films? The porn Not he at was that showing point. them? Okay. It was, if it was like illegal porn, it was probably gay porn. I see. In the 60s? That's my guess. I was thinking, like, what's illegal porn now, which is the porn where people die. Yes. It also might have been just, like, like BDSM porn. It's fair. Illegal? I don't Not know. Not missionary? Exactly. Was all porn illegal in the 60s? I mean, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, so he's married. He's with. He's got two kids. He's got a great career. He's got a home, he's rising the ranks of his volunteer organizations, and his father finally shows him some respect. He says that he's finally got his life together, he's doing great, he's being a good father, he's got a, he's being a great husband, like, his father's finally proud of him. Also, little fun fact, Gacy decides that at this moment is when he starts to demand his employees to call him the colonel. I love, that's one of my favorite things. The colonel. Yeah, he loved KFC. <laughs> he... He loved teenage boys, and that's what KFC was full of. Yeah, but it was also his last meal. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was. And, like, strawberries or something, st something uh -huh. stupid. I have it at, like, the bottom of all my notes. Okay, so he's always around young teenage boys at work because that's where teenage boys get a job. Oh, and it's at this point that his desire for them was, like, kind of starting to reach a bad point. Okay. Um, he turns his basement 
again, going, maybe going back to, like, his father having his own, like, man cave. So he turns his own basement into the ultimate hangout spot for teen boys who just want to be at his house. He gets a pool table, and he has endless amounts of porn. He keeps it stocked with beer and weed. And his wife is fine with that. Apparently. Okay. Like, he would just invite them down to his basement where he got them drunk or high, turned some pour on, and then just sexually assaulted everybody. August 1967, he hired 15-year-old Donald Voorhees, who, ha- who was a son of a fellow member of the Jaycees, to do some work around his house. After Donald had completed the job, Gacy lured him to the basement with the promise of porn and alcohol. He persuaded him to engage in what he called mutual oral sex and told him, you have to have sex with a man before you can have sex with a woman. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Um, and that's Gacy's MO for several young boys. Everything seemed to be going great until 1968. Just, just like, orally raping children in my basement. Yeah. It's fine. It's going great. We love this. Also, every time I'm about to say Gacy, I almost call it JC. Because mm. it's so similar. I also am just thinking of the Zombies Disney movie, and they're called the Aces because it's like <laughs> Stacy, Lacey, and Tracy. Good. You're welcome, moms. Uh, I know at least one mom listens to this. Emily, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Okay, everything seems to be going great until 1968, when Gacy was indicted for committing the act of sodomy with a teenage boy named Mark Miller. Miller testified that Gacy had tricked him into being tied up while visiting Gacy's home earlier in the year and raped him. Gacy was sentenced to 10 years, which was the maximum sentence for this offense in Iowa. Gacy was 10 years. Yeah. Gacy was 26 years old when he went to prison for the first time. In prison, he gets his GED, and he becomes head cook in the kitchen. And he's, like, the model prisoner. Everybody loves him. Like, guards, other prisoners. All serial killers are model prisoners. Just, (laughs) like, a tip of advice. For fun. I don't know why. Except for Manson. I don't think anyone liked him. He was too busy climbing on tables to care. Oh, I love that. (laughs) He's so little. (laughs) Um, This is when his wife divorces him, saying that he violated their marriage vows. He sure did. He sure did several times for years. Um, He says, With children. With children, yeah. He says that his wife and children are now dead to him. And he doesn't speak of them again, ever. Wow. Yeah. His daughter, or his son and daughter didn't do anything. No, they're dead to him. Okay. Yeah, because they doesn't were, care. like, just children and had to... Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't care. December 27, 1969, Gacy's father dies of cirrhosis of the liver because that's what happens when you're an alcoholic. Sure does. Um, this news was very hard on Gacy because he was always craving his father's approval. And, you know, the last thing that his dad knew of him was that he was now in jail. And, like, his father was always worried about his son being gay. Like, he always made fun of him if he was being too feminine or, like, too dainty. John Wayne. He wanted a cowboy son. No, he was only 5'9". Okay, so during his first stint in prison, Gacy is a model prisoner, and he realizes that if he remains nonviolent and well-behaved, that early parole will be a possibility for him. So on June 18th, 1970, Gacy left the prison and headed back to Chicago. He served, like, what, less than a year? Like, Yeah. Nine months? You guys, we have to do better. <laughs> Nine months, he's in. Great. The justice system? I know that was a long time ago, but like... Yeah. You gotta try? Yeah, just a little bit. In January of 1971, so, you know, a whole, like, six, eight months after he's out of prison, 
Gacy is charged with disorderly conduct. Okay. The charges for this said that Gacy forced a young boy who he picked up at a bus terminal to commit sexual acts on him. That's a little bit more than disorderly conduct. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Uh, Gacy manages to slip through the system with the charges because the young accuser didn't show up to court. Ugh. So Gacy just walks free. Best day of his life, I guess. <sighs> Terrible. June 1st, 1972, Gacy married Carol Hoff, who was a newly divorced mom of two daughters. Gacy's trying to live out, like, basically the suburban dream. They have neighbors over for dinner all the time, but one of them always complains of a horrible stench throughout the house. She said that she was sure there was a rat that had died beneath the floorboards of the house. Gacy blamed the stench on the moisture buildup in the crawl space under his house. Gacy would also throw these, like, themed parties that were a huge success, sometimes drawing, like, more than 300 people. But somehow that smell of a possibly dead rat didn't deter anybody from coming. I know, and people said that his house smelled. Yeah. Like, it's not like people were, like, unaware of yeah. it. Like, they, they yeah. said it smelled. So, 1974 is when Gacy decided that he wanted to go into business for himself, and he begins a contracting business called PDM Contractors, which stands for Painting, Decorating, and Maintenance. He always hires young boys to work for him because he, quote-unquote, wanted to keep costs low. Gacy's intentions were, obviously, to seduce the young boys. <laughs> yes. Not to save money on labor. No. Also, he just killed him, so he didn't have to pay him anyways. <sighs> yep, you're right. Okay, so his homosexual desires and urge to inflict harm were becoming more apparent to everyone around him, especially his wife, who would find his lack of sexual interest in her and his interest in nude magazines of men and young boys disturbing. Gacy at one point told her that he preferred boys to men. Boys. He doesn't use the term men. Boys. He, he prefers, prefers children. boys to women. She filed for divorce soon after that, and it was finalized on March 2nd, 1976. Um, this is when Gacy began to volunteer to clean up the Democratic Party headquarters in an attempt to impress somebody named Robert F. Matwick, who was the Democratic Township Committee man for Norwood Park. His attempts worked, and he further impressed him when he told him that he would dress up as Pogo the Clown and entertain children at parties and hospitals. And that's kind of where I think, like, he's always publicized as the killer clown, but, like, clowning was a very small part of his life, and he didn't ever, like, do any of his murders in relation to clowning. No, but a lot of it, he, like, changed the clown makeup. Yeah. Like, everything was rounded, and he made it pointy. Yeah. So he, like did look like a scarier yeah but like he was never dressed up as a clown as he's committing these murders like that was just like a side hobby of his well yeah and how great is that for the media Mm. great okay i think that's all i have until we pick up after his trial okay i i heard in something i was listening to where he got the name pogo and it was so fucking stupid and i can't remember it now i also can't find it really yeah it was like Never, it was, anyways, it was good. It was good. I'll, I'll think of it one day. I think it might have been in a book I read. There's too much. Too much happens. Mm-hmm. Information gets put everywhere. Like in a notepad instead of Google Docs, just for fun. Or like in eight different note apps. Yep. In general. And handwritten notebooks, yes. just to throw in an extra. Ugh, Okay. <laughs> So, the murders. This is something that I thought was, like, super interesting. Okay. He went on, like, a rampage. Like, the murders happened in, like, two years. That was it. 
Like, he killed, like, 33 people in two years. Wow. And then, like, got caught. Like, I was thinking it was, like... More than one a month. Yeah, but I was thinking it was, like, a 10-year stint. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he was, like, active for two years. Good. Okay, so there's a lot here. I'm going to tell you how he, like, murdered the people. Okay. And then, like, who he murdered. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of ready. Okay. So he murdered at least 33 young men and boys... And buried 26 of them in the crawl space of his house. Mm. Which is the smell. Yeah. They've all, I'll get, never mind. I'll get into the lime stuff. Okay. But that's the smell, not rats. Um, Gacy usually lured a victim to his house, although on more than one occasion, Gacy had also had what he called doubles, which was where he would kill two victims in one night. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, several victims were lured with the promise of a job with PDM, mm-hmm. others with an offer of drink, drugs, or money for sex. Good. Yep. Um, his victims included people he knew and random individuals. A lot of times he would find his random individuals from the Greyhound bus stop. Mm-hmm. Which I'm assuming was near his house. I mean, I don't think he's uh, opposed to traveling for the right victim. That's probably true. Um, he grabbed some victims by force. Others he conned into believing he was a police officer because he often carried a sheriff's badge. Um, and then good. he had spotlights on his Oldsmobile. Wonderful. So, yeah, full, he's ready. Um, And then inside Gacy's house, um, his, like, usual M.O. was to give them a drink or drugs um, to get their trust, which I think that's a terrible way to get someone's trust. I think it's a terrible way to get somebody's trust, but if it's, like, these are all children, it's obviously going to affect them, like, the alcohol quicker, and I think that they'd be more likely to go along with whatever he's saying. Yeah, you let your guard down. Yeah, they're more comfortable. Um, I also think this is where he gets the killer clown thing, because Gacy would produce a pair of handcuffs, put them on, get out of mm-hmm. them, and then, because he had the key in his hand, yeah, and then be like, you try this trick too, that he would have the key, and then they're just fucking stuck being handcuffed. That's not how that works. He called it the handcuff trick. I did read about that. Yeah, like it was something he fucking... Just for fun. <laughs> invented, like, that's not even, like, that clever, dude. It's not. Once his victim was restrained, he would proceed to rape and torture his victim. Um, He frequently began by sitting on their chest before forcing the victim to fillet him, which is oral, if Mm -hmm. you didn't know. Um, He's also, like, not a little guy. He's like, why are you sitting on their chest? Maybe to, like, you know how, like, when you're out of breath, you get, like, dizzy? Mm. Maybe so you're, like, more out of it? Uh, And then he would inflict acts of torture on them, including burning them with cigars, making them imitate a horse as he sat on their back and pulled on makeshift reins that he would put around their neck. Of course. Violation with foreign objects such as dildo um, and prescription pill bottles he had. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, To immobilize his captives' legs before engaging in acts of torture, Gacy frequently handcuffed their ankles to a two-by-four that were attached at each end. Yeah. We mm-hmm. also see that in uh, Toy Box Killer. Does you that do. That's the same shit, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was inspired by the Houston mass murders. I guess whoever did that did the same thing. Interesting. Yeah, what a, what a guy. Hmm. Um, he's don't also take murder tips from people. Right. Right? He's also known to have verbally taunted many of his victims and dragged or forced several victims to crawl into his bathtub where he would partly drown them. Um, before reviving them repeatedly and then drowning him again, them again, and reviving them. That's so awful. Yeah, I read that and was like, what? Like, I thought that was the worst part of it all. I mean, it's all bad, but... It is all bad. 
anyways. And then he would typically murder his victims by um, placing a rope around their neck before progressively tightening the rope, which he referred to this act as the rope trick. He is killing it with these names. So original. So original. He would inform his captive that this is the last trick. And in at least one instance, he had read part of Psalms 23 as he tightened the rope around his victim's neck. I'm sorry. He's reading the Bible to them as he's murdering them. Mm-hmm. No. Um, he also said that occasionally the victims would convulse for an hour or two before dying. Well, he, th- he is like sat on their chest, tortured so them, So I don't think he would like strangle them times. super all the way. Right. Just ugh. enough. Ugh, it's awful. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize how tortury he was. No, I didn't either. I thought he was like just like rapey. I'm going to be honest, when we were researching Gacy, I didn't dive into any of the murder details because oh, I wanted to be... It's bad. Hor- horrified like, I think in person. Up there with Bundy. Yeah. Easy. Like, Easily. with how terrible he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the victims were um, died because they had um, cloth gags, which were usually their underwear, steeped, stuffed deep into their throat. And Wonderful. all but two of his victims, which were the last two, were murdered between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So he had, for like, hours he's torturing these poor mm-hmm. boys. Oh. And then after they died, Gacy usually stored the victim's body under his bed for 24 hours before burying his victim in the crawl space where he periodically poured quicklime to... Um, Hassen the decomposition of his victims. Mm. Some victims' bodies were taken to his garage and embalmed. Oh. From Maybe Vegas. He that in Vegas. Mm-hmm. There we go. Prior to their burial. Which an embalmed body power. still smells. Yeah. If you didn't know. Yeah. Hopefully you don't know, but. <laughs> now you do. <laughs> now you do. Okay. His first victim was Timothy McCoy. And it occurred on January the first known. Okay. And it occurred on January 3rd, 1972. Um, According to Gacy's account, following a family party on the evening of January 2nd, Mm. he decided to go to the Greyhound station and Mm -hmm. pick up Timothy. Turns out his wife got too drunk that she had to stay the night at the party. Mm. Perfect, right? Yep. (sighs) He said he went to go see an ice sculpture (laughs) in the the Civic Center. (laughs) Okay. And that's where he found a 16-year-old named timothy jack mccoy at the greyhound bus terminal Mm. like next to it mccoy was traveling to michigan from omaha nebraska and gacy took mccoy on a sightseeing tour of chicago and then drove him to his home with the promise that he could spend the night and be driven back to the station in time to catch the bus in the morning prior to mccoy's identification gacy simply referred to him as the greyhound bus boy Wow. Gacy claimed that he woke early in the morning to find McCoy standing in his bedroom doorway with a knife. He then jumped from his bed and McCoy raised both arms in a gesture of surrender, tilting the knife upwards, like I think, Hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, And then he cut Gacy's forearm. Um, Gacy basically freaks out, throws this kid, like, against the wall and, like, kills him. Like, he stabs the shit out of him. And he actually shouts out, motherfucker, I'll kill you. Yeah, he stabbed him as in the chest repeatedly, like he straddled him. Mm-hmm. As McCoy lay dying, Gacy washed the knife in his bathroom. Then he went to his kitchen and saw an open carton of eggs and a slab of unsliced bacon on his kitchen table. So the he guy was just like making him breakfast. Uh huh. 
Um, and it's like, wondered if like Gacy didn't like his intentions weren't to kill him. Maybe if it, they like just hooked up. Hmm. But then like, as he was killing him, he, this is so gross. I'm sorry, everybody in advance. He realized he came like as oh. he was killing him. And oh, then, good. um, he said, and I quote, that's when I realized that death was the ultimate thrill. Um, there's a lot of other things he should try first. A lot of other things. But I wonder if he, like, I mean, I think he always had it in him, but I wonder oh, yeah. if yeah. his plan maybe wasn't to kill him. Maybe. And then he did, because, I don't know, he felt threatened, and then he realized he just his pants. Yep. <laughs> gross. Very gross. I know. Sorry, guys, again. It doesn't get better. I mean, the second time he committed murder was in January of 1974. Um, this victim's unidentified. Gacy strangled him and placed his body in his closet before he buried him. Um, and he later stated that the bodily fluids leaked from the victim's mouth and nose, staining his carpet. And as a result, Gacy, that was why he stuffed them with cloth rags to, com- like, to stop victims from... Leaking on his carpets? Mm-hmm. Good. Again. The next victim was John Butkovich. On July 31st, 1975, it was one of Gacy's employees. He was 18 years old, and he disappeared. His car was found parked near the corner of Sheridan and Lawrence with his jacket and wallet inside and the keys still in the ignition. Wow. The day before his disappearance, he had confronted Gacy over two weeks' outstanding back pay. Um, his father, a Yugoslav immigrant, called Gacy, who claimed he was happy to help search for his son... But was sorry Bokovic had run away when he question, when he was questioned by police. Gacy said that Bokovic and his two friends had arrived at his house demanding the overdue pay, but they had reached a compromise and left. Hmm. Funny how that worked. His parents called the police more than 100 times, urging them to investigate Gacy further, and they wouldn't. Wow. Yeah. He admitted to encountering um, Bokovic exiting his car at the corner of West Lawrence Avenue, waving to attract his attention. And according to Gacy, Bokovich approached his car, stating, I want to talk to you. Gacy invited him into his car, then invited him back to his house to settle the wages. But mm. we all know how that went. Yep. Murder. Yep. He got him a drink, and then he confessed to having sat on the kid's chest for a while before he strangled him. Oh, just a while. Yep. He put the body in his garage, intending to bury the body later in the crawl space. Um, and then his wife and, wife and stepdaughters returned home earlier than expected. He buried his body under the concrete floor in an empty space where he had originally intended to put a drain. Hmm. Well, yes. Um, and then he admitted, or like, as his business was expanding, Gacy freely admitted... Um, he began to increase the frequency of his excursions for sex with young males and called these his cruises. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. He committed that most, or he, Gacy committed most of his murders between 1976 and 78 as he lived alone following the divorce. Yes. Yeah. So I think he killed a couple. Right. So like post-divorce is when he loses his shit. Yeah. Because he also told his wife with the two stepdaughters that he was done having sex with her. Yeah, I guess that's what he also told her, that uh, he was more attracted to boys than he was women. Yeah, but that lasted like a year, and then she left him. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. Um, He was still very involved in all his bullshit, like the Mm -hmm. Democratic Party stuff. Yeah, all of those volunteer stuff. Um, But his neighbors did note that he started to have erratic behavior after his divorce, um, and they noted that they saw him keeping the companies of lots of young males and hearing his car arrive or depart in the early hours of the morning. Hmm. 
And one neighbor said that she um, her, often heard muffled, high-pitched screaming, shouting, and crying. But didn't call the police? I don't know. Or, because if it's loud enough to where, like, you're a neighbor and you hear crying and shouting. Like, also, like, times, this lady maybe? was, like, across the street. So, like, not, like, a next-door neighbor where somebody left the window open. Yeah, so, like, what did the next-door neighbor hear? Why is nobody calling the police? I don't know. Okay. These things would never happen now. No. Everybody has a fucking ring doorbell. You couldn't... You wouldn't get away with anything. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with anything. The neighbor's ring doorbell would have gone off. I know. That thing notifies you for fucking everything. Somebody could cross the street a mile away and your ring doorbell would go off. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Um, one month after his divorce was finalized, he abducted and murdered 18-year-old Daryl Sampson. He was last seen alive um, in Chicago on April 6, 1976. Gacy buried him under the dining room with a section of cloth lodged in his throat. Five weeks later, on the afternoon of May 14th, 15-year-old Randall Refret disappeared while walking home from, high from his high school. Hours after Gacy abducted him, 14-year-old Samuel Stapleton vanished as he walked home from his sister's apartment. Hmm. They were buried together in the crawl space, and investigators believe both victims were murdered the same evening. On June 3rd, Gacy killed a 17-year-old Lakeview teenager named Michael Bonin. He disappeared while traveling from Chicago to Waukegan. I'm assuming that's Midwest. Illinois. Yeah. Um, Gacy strangled him with a ligature and buried him under the spare bedroom. So these weren't all crawl spaces. No. Most of them. Most of them. But let's bury them under random rooms in the house. Any room. Like, are you digging through floorboards? Like, I don't understand. At under that point, he's got to be. Yeah, I don't really understand. I just well, picture... He, I mean, he works for the contracting company. He has all those tools at his disposal, and he knows how to use them. I guess that's true. Very fair. Ten days later, Gacy murdered a 16-year-old uptown youth named William Carroll and buried him in a common grave in the crawl space. Um, Carol seems to have been the first of four victims known to have been murdered between June, June 13th and August 6th. Three were between 16 and 17 years old, and one identified murder victim appears to have been an adult. Hmm. Not very many of those. No, not at all. And that's if they are, they're like, like 18. Barely an adult. Yeah, barely an adult. Barely. You're probably still a senior. Right. On August 5th, a 16-year-old Minnesota youth named... Named James is last known to have phoned his family, possibly from Gacy's home. Hmm. Let's he not look into that at all. Nope. He died of suffocation, and his body was buried in the crawl space beneath the body of 17-year-old Bennisville youth named Rick Johnston, who was last seen alive on August 6th as well. Hmm. Um, he's thought to have murdered two further unidentified males between August and October. On October 24th, Gacy abducted and killed teenage friends Kenneth Parker and Marco Michael Moreno, he makes the double seem like they didn't happen that often. They happened a lot. They happened all the time. That's yeah. how you get to 33 bodies so fast. In two years. <laughs> um, the two were last seen outside a restaurant on Clark Street in Chicago. Two days later, a 19-year-old construction worker, William Bundy, disappeared after informing his family mm -hmm. he was to attend a party. He died of suffocation, and Gacy buried the body beneath his master bedroom. He had worked for Gacy. Yes. Yeah. I was like, that name sounds very familiar. I think I did read about him working for Gacy. Mm -hmm. um, and then in December of 1976, another PDM employee, 17-year-old Gregory Godzik, disappeared. His girlfriend last saw him outside her house after he had driven her home following a date. 
Godzik had worked for PDM for only three weeks before he disappeared. He had informed his family that Gacy had him dig trenches for some kind of drain tiles in his crawl space. Oh, that's so weird. It's mm-hmm. not like he's literally digging his own grave or anything. Nope. Godzik's car was later found abandoned in Niles, and his parents and older sister Eugenia contacted Gacy about Godzik's disappearance. Gacy claimed that he had run away from home, having indicated before <laughs> that he wished to do so. Gacy also claimed to have received an answering machine message from Godzik after, shortly after he had disappeared. When asked if he could play back the message to Godzik's parents, Gacy said he had erased it. Hmm, weird. Weird. Yeah, I know he's missing. I'm just going to kill him. I'm going to delete this very important key piece of evidence almost like it didn't even exist. It cuz so it weird. didn't. Isn't that so, so weird? What a coincidence. So this is where um like shit gets weird to me because Gacy <laughs> said he had accomplices. Yeah, I get uh, I got some shit on that. Okay, so like one person, yes. like his only victim who got away. Although it sounds like he just let him go. Yeah. Um for whatever reason. Okay, so one of those per- person's names is David Rossi. Mm-hmm. Um, so on January 1977, that we're into the next year, Gacy had lured 19-year-old John Sizik to his house on the pretext of buying his Plymouth satellite. He later confessed to strangling Sizik in his spare bedroom, claiming David Rossi was asleep in the house the following morning. Gacy le- later sold the car to Rossi for $300. Mm-hmm. So I... Do you think Rossi was a real person? But he he says they're... Anyways. Yeah. Nobody knows they weren't tried. No, nobody does. No, they... They didn't even look into John Wayne Gacy with several different people... A hundred phone calls. Pointing at him. Yeah. He was last seen with this person. Three or whatever missing people all worked for him? Well, he's part of the JCs. He's Get kidding. a fucking clue, though, like... There were none. It's right in front of them. There were none. He's so sneaky. Sneaky Pogo the Clown. (laughs) He's not sneaky. At all. (sighs) So between December of 1976 and March 1977, Gacy killed an unidentified adult male, like the one random one. He was 20 years old. Um, And he was buried beneath the body of John Prestige, who had disappeared on March 15th. He liked to, like, stack them on top of each other. Save space. He was preparing for the future. Shortly before his disappearance, Preston had mentioned that he had obtained work with a local contractor. Hmm. What a coincidence. Definitely not Gacy. Definitely not Gacy. <laughs> um, he murdered... Also, it's so sad to me that there's still, like, five unidentified victims. Six. Six. Yeah. It's... It's terrible. Sad. I'm sorry. He murdered one additional unidentified youth and buried him in the crawl space in the spring or early summer of 1977. The exact time of this murder is unknown because nobody knows who the fuck he is. Mm-hmm. Um, on July 5th, Gacy killed a 19-year-old from Crystal Lake, Matthew Bowman. Bowman's ma- mother last saw him at a suburban train station. Hmm. Not like him at all. Nope. Um, the following month, David Rossi was arrested for stealing gasoline while driving John Sizek's car. <laughs> The gas station attendant noted the license plate and police traced the car to Gacy's house. When questioned, Gacy told officers that Sizik had sold the car to him in February, saying he needed money to leave town. A check of the VIN confirmed the car had belonged to Sizik. The police did not pursue the matter any further. I'm just stuck on being able to steal gas. (laughs) How do you steal gas? Because you can't even, like, like, do you, like, do you put it in your car and then pay? 
I think that's how it used to be. Not now. No. Never. Because if you watch, like, all those old movies... I'm going to be honest, I'd never pay for gas. No. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Also, it was, like, five cents a gallon then. I mean, okay, maybe more, but It cost them, like, what, four dollars to fill up a tank? Yeah. Cost me, like, forty. Sixty. Bye. I mean, I've never filled up the Jeep, I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) It's, like, my least favorite Forty gets me, like, three quarters of a tank. Mine right now, with gas being almost, or what is it right now? 309? 309. Yeah, it's like $54 to fill up my tank right now. Gross. Yep. Um, but yeah, he has his car. Yes. The sorry. child is missing. Tangent. You're good. I'll see you later. Good. That's Have fine. a good day. No, it's fine. Yep. By the end of 1977, Gacy had murdered at least six more young men between the ages of 16 and 21. Okay, so by the end of 1977, it is known Gacy had murdered six more young men between the ages of 16 and 21. The first was 18-year-old Robert Gilroy, the son of a Chicago police sergeant, last seen alive on September 15th. Gilroy. Yeah, real ballsy. Wow. Gilroy lived just four blocks from Gacy. He was murdered and buried in the crawl space. On September 12th, Gacy had flown to Pittsburgh to supervise a remodeling project. Hmm. And did not return to Chicago until September 16th. Because Gacy is known to have been in another state at the time Gilroy was last seen, this is cited to support Gacy's claim of assistance from one or more accomplices Mm -hmm. in several homicides. Several. Ten days after Gilroy was last seen, 19-year-old former U.S. Marine John Mowry disappeared after leaving his mother's house to walk to his apartment. Gacy strangled Mowry, buried his body beneath the master bedroom. Do you think, like, he put his favorites there? That was my guess. Like, he wants to keep them close. Gross. That is gross. But, like, the whole fucking thing is gross. Yeah. Just remember what he did when I, what I read to you earlier to all these people. Yeah. I was listening to another podcast, Morbid, about Gacy, and they told, like, the grossest torture fact about him. Oh, what is it? So, when they excavated his house, they, like, discovered a lot of, like, torture devices and dildos in the walls. Yes. Uh, One of them was a two-foot-long dildo, and it had, um, quote-unquote, blood and other bodily excrements on it, 18 inches worth. 18 inches of the two-foot. Wait, because it's fucking two feet long. Yep. So, that means 18 inches of it was covered in bodily stuff. From him using it to torture people. Yeah, because where, where do you put two feet of something? It's terrifying. It's so bad. Like, the average penis is, like, six uh, inches. Just, like, times that by four. No, thank you. <sighs> Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I, like, I think I turned the podcast off. I'm like, I need to just, a, I just need a little bit of a break from this. So, I tried to listen to the last podcast. So, I listened to the last podcast on the left's first episode about Gacy mm-hmm. and was fine. But they have... They get so detailed, and they're so, like, no filter yeah. that sometimes I'm like, I can't, you guys. Like, I need it's you. I need less information. I'm feeling <laughs> overwhelmed. Um, I know I this happened listening. 80 years ago, but uh, it's a lot. It feels like a lot. <laughs> Plot twist. It was, like, 40? Okay, but still. 45 years ago. He was born, like, 80 years ago. He was born, like, 80 years ago. Oh. Anyways, I don't even remember. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> you suck, Casey. Oh. On October 17th, 21-year-old Minnesota native Russell Nelson disappeared, and he was last seen outside a Chicago bar. Um, Nelson was looking for contracting work, um, 
and Gacy murdered him and buried him beneath the gas bedroom. Hmm. And less than four weeks later, he murdered a 16-year-old Kalamazoo teenager named Robert Winch and buried him in the crawl space. On November 18th, 20-year-old father of one, so sad, Mm -hmm. Tommy Bowling disappeared after leaving a Chicago bar. Three weeks after the murder of Tommy Bowling, on December 9th, 19-year-old U.S. Marine David Talsma disappeared after informing his mother he was to attend a rock concert. Gacy strangled Talsma with a ligature and buried him in the crawl space close to the body of John Mowry. Hmm. On December 30th, Gacy abducted 19-year-old student Robert Donnelly from a Chicago bus station at gunpoint. Gacy drove him to his home where he raped, tortured, and repeatedly dunked Donnelly's head into a bathtub until he passed out. Gacy taunted him with statements such as, aren't we playing fun games tonight? No. Fuck off. Donnelly later testified at Gacy's trial that he was in such pain that he asked Gacy to kill him. And Gacy replied, I'm getting round to it. Ugh. After several hours, Gacy drove Donnelly to his workplace and released him, warning him that if he complained to the police, they would not believe him. I don't know what this fool did to get released. Like, he probably asked the, like... I couldn't find any information on it. Like, Donnelly doesn't say. Like, he was just like, he just wrote. Like, it was probably that he asked Gacy to kill him. Maybe it took some, like, the fun out of it for Gacy. Maybe, but I, like, I was shocked and I don't really know. Yeah, that's... Uh, how or why he was, like, the chosen one. Right. Uh, um, Donnelly reported the assault and police questioned Gacy on January 6th. Gacy admitted to having a slave sex relationship with Donnelly, but insisted everything was consensual, Hmm. adding that he didn't pay the kid the money he had promised him. The police believed him and filed no charges. No. (laughs) Chicago PD, you have to get better. His encounters with the police are fucking nonsense. Not to mention the fact that he... We're, like, on, like, four. And he was already imprisoned sentenced convicted guilty of sodomy of a young boy so like uh-huh no no he's reformed he's good <laughs> you good after like eight months in jail it's fine mm-hmm. no um and then the following month gacy killed 19 year old william kindred who disappeared on february 16th after telling his fiance who knew gacy that he was to spend the evening in a bar kindred was the final victim gacy buried in his crawl space on March 21st, Gacy lured 26-year-old Jeffrey Rignall into his car. Shortly after Rignall entered the car, Gacy chloroformed him mm-hmm. and drove him to his house where, he, where his arms and head were restrained in a pillory device affixed to the ceiling. So he was, like, hanging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and his feet locked into another device. Hmm. He's terrible. He is terrible. He's like the toy box killer, but he actually kills them. Google the toy box killer. You're welcome. Don't Google the toy box killer. We'll eventually cover him. Uh, Gacy explained to Ignal he had complete control over him and that he intended to do whatever he wanted to him. Great. Um, and he then raped and tortured Ignal with various instruments, including lit candles and whips, and repli- repeatedly chloroformed him. Mm-hmm. Into unconsciousness. Gacy then drove Rignall to the Chicago's Lincoln Park where he was dumped unconscious but alive. So, Rignall... This is, like, a new thing. Yeah. Rignall does an extensive, like, interview in the Gacy documentary. Hmm. And he describes that, like, he was kept chloroformed, like, all the time. Like, every time he, like, would start to come to, Gacy would chloroform him again. Good. 
I mean, I think that might be better. It might be better than being, like, conscious and unpartially drugged. I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. But, like, he, like, police don't believe him. Why? Because he couldn't, um, I think it was, like, they couldn't, he couldn't remember, like, where it happened. Because he was drugged when he was taken to Gacy's Sorry. house. Sorry. He didn't know where it was. So he would straight up, like, try to have somebody, like, drive him while he was, like, I, I can't remember if he said he, like, covered his eyes or... But he was, like, trying to retrace the driving steps to figure it out. And he, like, he did end up outside of Gacy's house. And he identified him as his attacker. And the police still didn't do anything. You suck, Chicago PD. Say it louder. You suck, Chicago PD. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like, he, he straight up identifies him. And they're like, nah. No. He yeah. also says that um, while he was chloroformed, he, like, came to at one point, and there was this door that he could see, and it had been dark, and, like, Gacy was still in the room with him, and another light clicked on in that room, because it, like, illuminated the door frame, mm -hmm. and that, like, also plays into, like, the maybe Gacy had accomplices. So, Rignall is what leads to Gacy's arrest. Yes. Um, even though they don't believe him. Yeah. Uh, and he is only charged with battery. Mm-hmm. So they did believe him on part of it. I guess. But they got a, a search, they got an arrest warrant, um, and he was arrested on July 15th. Good. And he faced trial for battery against Ragnall. Good. Um, by 1978, the crawl space had no room for further bodies. And Gacy later confessed to police that he considered stowing bodies in his attic initially, but had been worried about complications arriving from the leakage. You know... Yeah. Things you gotta think about as a has serial he heard, killer. I mean, like, it's bad, but, like, has he heard of a plastic bag? But, like, I don't probably like through that. I mean, think you're, like, what are you, like, 90% water? Yeah. yeah. Barrels. I don't know. Barrels. That's where it is. Yeah. That barrel woman that, like, was in the house since, like, 1922? Mm-hmm. Good story. Terrifying story. Interesting story. Um, her mom gets closure, though. It's great. Good. Do you know that story? I think so. Like, somebody... Like somebody bought a house. I did hear that. And it like, was like a and barrel. And there was just a barrel that was still in the of crawl a pregnant space. woman. <sighs> but her mom had reported her missing in like 1922. Yeah. And her mom was like still alive when they like identified the body. I do. I did hear that. And then she died like three days later because yeah. she was like old as shit. But like, it, it's yeah. a shitty good story. Yeah. But the guy who had like, so somebody like bought the house, but the guy who had previously owned it had lived there for like 60 years. Yeah. But they only like did it because they were like adding an extension. Yeah. They wanted to, like... It was basically, yeah. like, a crawl space, but, like, upstairs. Yeah. Terrible. Wild. And it was her boss. Anyways. Mm. And the boss's baby. It's oh, a, yeah. It was, like, the affair thing, because he mm -hmm. was married, and he has kids, and... Mm -hmm. She was, like, his cleaning lady? I think she was, like, his assistant, or secretary. Oh. We'll do that story. It's good. It is good. It's sad. It is sad. <laughs> Body's full. Can't put them in the attic. They'll leak all over, right? Problems everybody has. Problems everybody has. <laughs> Therefore, he chose to dispose of his victims off the I-55 bridge into the Des Plaines River. Mm -hmm. um, he stated that he had thrown five bodies into a river in 1978, and he believed one had landed on a passing barge. Good. Also, in his interview, he says that um, they, like, asked him, they're like, why the river? And he just kind of shrugged, and he's like, it's easier. All right. <laughs> also, Gacy's voice is, like, oddly high-pitched to me. Yes. 
I'm telling you, I just expect something, like, sinister out of these people, and they're also fucking normal. I know. I think it's because I have this, like, weird... Like, I look at these, like, serial killers and murderers, and I expect them to look scary. And act scary. Yeah. Like, act scary in all situations. I think it's yes. because you want to think you could pick someone out. Right. And like, Richard just... Ramirez definitely looks fucking creepy. Yeah, like, but... I would get bad vibes from Richard Ramirez, but, like, Ted Bundy? No. He looks normal. I mean, Ed Kemper? Yeah, he's fucking tall. But I wouldn't peg him as a serial killer. No, he's someone that you would be, like, initially intimidated, like... Just because of his height shit. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even Gacy in his interviews, like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, you... you don't look as evil as you should. No. You look like somebody's angry old grandpa who's probably cranky all the time. The, um, Golden State Killer? Oh, my God. Yeah. He looked... Yep. Just like a person. Just like... He's a grandpa. He probably is. Yeah. I don't know anything about that because the Golden State Killer freaks me out so fucking Oh, I know. Much. It's the waiting in the house for me. Like, BTK and Golden State, how they would just wait in your house for... And wait and wait. hours. And, like, stalk you first. Yeah. Figure out your schedule and when you're going to be home by yourself. Blake literally told me the other day, he's like... You know, I've been driving different routes to work and, like, home from work just so nobody, like, knows my schedule if somebody's watching me. Well, they still know your schedule, but you're not here. I know. (laughs) I was like, all right, man. I'm like, I don't. I drive exactly to my destinations. Somebody's going to follow me. I don't care. I did get followed, though, one time. Um, And because I'm the person that I am, I always think someone's following me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had gotten off the freeway and so I started to make like turns and I was getting close to my house and they were still following me. Mm-mm. So, um, I didn't drive home because Good. I've always been interested in this stuff and yep. I was taking classes and I had a college professor tell me like, don't drive home, drive to the police station. Yeah. If you're ever being followed, do not go to your don't house. Go home. Don't go home. So I was living on Dobson in Maine at the time. Mm-hmm. So then I drove to the downtown Mesa police station yep. and as soon as I turned in the complex, like he they kept did. going. Yeah creepy but he followed me from like um signal beat and baseline oh so we're talking like a good 12 miles like my hands were like sweating and i was like yeah. contemplating vomiting on my steering wheel i would have probably <laughs> and then i was like do i call the police and then i was like no you're probably overreacting because that was like no. the end of civilization then you know yeah, so i no, was like maybe he's like heading back to like yeah or she the town that they live in or she i don't know yeah anyways yeah, anyways. Ugh. Um, so his first known I-55 bridge victim was 20-year-old Timothy Rourke. Um, he was murdered in mid-June after leaving his Dover Street apartment to purchase cigarettes. Shortly before his disappearance, he had told his roommate a contractor on the northwest side had offered him a job. Hmm. Weird how these people keep getting um, jobs and then dying. So, so weird. Um, on November 4th, Gacy killed 19-year-old Frank Landing, and his naked body was found in the Des Plaines River on November 12th. Hmm. On November 24th, the 20... Also, like, if you're not anchoring them, don't throw them in the river or the ocean, because they're, they're going to They're just going back. to float right back up, and then... Then somebody's going to find it. Somebody's going to find it. On November 24th, a 20-year-old Elmwood Park resident, James Mazarera disappeared after sharing Thanksgiving dinner with his family. 
He had informed his sister the day prior to his disappearance that he was working in con the construction industry and doing all right. <sighs> I know. I don't. All of these people are just like so amped that they got this job. And they don't even realize. Well, you can tell he gets, like, lazy. Because he feel like he goes yeah. from, like, picking people up to just, like... Whoever he can hire to work for him. Yeah. You got friends? Give me your friends before I kill you, and then they can give well, me I'm gonna kill friends. you first, and yes. then I'm gonna kill your friends. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you after you've... I'm gonna kill you after you've given me your friend's contact yes. information. And then I'm gonna get his contact information. Also, like, like how... No one's, like, concerned about, like, his high turnover, or, like... No lack of w-2s or employees like no they're all children he can pay them under the table avoid the taxes and um high turnover right. because they're children and well the irs should want him then <laughs> <laughs> on the afternoon of december 11th 1978 um he visited a pharmacy in De plains gacy did mm-hmm to discuss a potential remodeling deal with the store owner. Store owner. I don't know why I said that so weird. I'm well, going to leave that in. <laughs> owner, like ornery. Um, while he was within earshot, a 15-year-old part-time employee, Robert Peace, mm -hmm. Gacy mentioned his firm often hired teenage boys at a starting wage of $5 per hour. For approximately one hour before Gacy kills you. Almost double the pay Peace earned at the pharmacy. Hmm. Shortly after Why Gacy... Why wouldn't he jump on that, then? Well, of course. That's the thing, but he's not going to pay you because he's just going to kill you. Right. There is no actual money. Shortly after Gacy left the pharmacy, Peace's mother arrived at the store to drive her son home so the family could celebrate her birthday together. Hmm. Peace asked his mother to wait, adding that some contractor wants to talk to me about a job. He left the store at 9 p.m., no. promising to return shortly. Peace was murdered shortly after 10 p.m. at Gacy's home. Oh, my God. Gacy later stated um, that at his house, he asked Peace whether there was anything he wouldn't do for the right price, to which Peace replied that he did not mind working hard. In response, Gacy stated, good money could be earned by hustling, although Peace was dismissive. And that doesn't even make sense, Gacy. You suck. <laughs> um, he then dumped Peace into the donning... Um, I'm sorry. He then put Peace in his handcuff tricks. Uh -huh. And then after he couldn't get the hand tricks, handcuffs off he said to him i'm going to rape you and you can't do anything about it he said that the young boy started to cry and he also stated that as he placed their rope around peace neck the boy was crying scared and gacy admitted to having received a phone call from a business acquaintance as peace lay dying suffocating on his bedroom floor okay so i'm going to tell you about the trial now so february 9th 1980 wait did you finish peace murder yeah he's done it it just it's it's, he's like his last victim, and it's sad because he didn't get to go to his mom's birthday. <sighs> okay, so February 9th, 1980, Gacy's murder trial begins in the Cook County Criminal Courts building in Chicago, Illinois. Gacy's defense lawyer, Robert Mota, tried to claim that Gacy's actions were um, irrational and impulsive, but asserted that he was insane and no longer in control of what he was doing. But Gacy said until his last day that he was innocent and that the insanity plea would mean him accepting guilt for the crimes that he was charged with. Yes, it does. Uh, it does. Um, and he was not okay with that. He would not admit guilt, ever. In a trial that lasted five weeks with literally hundreds of witnesses called to the stand, the jury deliberated for only two hours. That's before, my favorite. It I know. As soon as I read an that, hour I was like, in like 48 minutes. Love that. Um... Before coming back with the verdict, Gacy was declared guilty for the deaths of all 33 young men. 
Gacy. Okay. Also, that's so crazy because rarely do they get every single every single conviction. One. I mean, it's pretty damning evidence when you bury the ho- the bodies in your own house. That's fair. Okay, so while Gacy was in prison, um, he picked up painting as a hobby. Yes. Um, the people, Hollywood Death Museum has him. Yes. So, and his he was on death row for fourteen years. And um, his favorite subject to paint was clowns. His paintings also included pictures of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and fellow serial killers Jeffrey Dahmer and Ed Keen. Mm. He also had this 900 number that people could call. Um, they could call in and they could hear like a pre-recorded message from Gacy. Basically, he would tell them that he was innocent and that they were going to execute an innocent man on death row for crimes he did not commit. Not true. Not true at all. There's a law in Illinois that says that if an inmate can pay for his incarceration, then they have to. So they were suing Gacy for $141,000 while he was on death row. Because he was making money from his paintings and from that 900 number. Mm-hmm. That made me laugh so hard. Like, hey, you're on death row, but fuck you. You don't get to make money. You now have to pay for your cell space. Well, um, you know that... Uh, O.J. Simpson wrote that book, like, If I Did It, mm-hmm. which he totally did. Yeah. Um, and her parents, Nicole Brown mm-hmm. and the other, I forget the waiter's name, I'm so sorry, but the gentleman who he killed as well. Yeah. Because um, they won in civic court, um, then sued the shit out of O.J. So if you're looking to read the book, If I Did It, it's the Goldberg family owns it. Hmm. Good. Because he never paid them, like, the $8 million. Wow. I think it's like Ron Goldberg is his name. But his family right. has rights to the book. Good for them. Good for them. Yes. Good for them. But same kind of thing where they're like, fuck you. You don't yeah. get to make money. You don't get to this. make money. Goodbye. Um, many of Gacy's paintings were actually sold at an auction after his execution. Mm, probably mm. for more. Yep. 19 were put up for sale, ranging from $195 for an acrylic painting of a bird to $9,500 for a depiction of dwarfs playing baseball against the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> Many of his paintings were bought with the intentions of destroying them, and in June of 1994, a public bonfire attended by 300 residents of Naperville, Illinois, watched as 25 of Gacy's paintings were burned. Great. Love that. I would love to see the dwarves baseball one, though. It's probably burned. Sounds interesting. It sure did. I, like, cracked up over that one. <laughs> I'm like, dwarfs playing baseball specifically against the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's in jail. His death date is set. All of his appeals have been blocked and a stay of execution has been denied. His death date was set to be May 10th, 1994. Um, seven months out, his civil lawyer who had been in charge of all of his appeals, she's trying to like make a name for herself. So okay. she wants to be like his... Um, I'm sorry. His civil lawyer... Yeah. For the um, suing. Yeah. When the, when the state was suing him for his money. She becomes his appeals attorney. She wants to make a name for herself. She basically, like, she's interviewed in the documentary. And she's, like, she, like, is talking to her partner. And they're, like, don't you, she's, like, don't you want to meet him? And they're, like, no. I don't. I kind of do. Like, a little? Um... So she wanted to prove that he was innocent in some of the cases out of the 33 that he wasn't given the death sentence for. So he wasn't given the death sentence for all 33 murders. So she figured that if she could get him proved 
innocent in the cases where he was convicted and uh, sentenced to uh, the death penalty for them, that they could, like, get his death date thrown out, basically. Like, he'd be off death row. I don't like you. No, I'm like, you're trying, he, 33 people, ma'am. Kill him. Goodbye. She, like, was combing over, because he kept meticulous records from his contracting job, basically. Uh, She found a few discrepancies in his records, and there were several dates of the murders and abductions that she claimed he was out of town for. Um, and at, like, at one point in this documentary, Gacy says that he did bury one body in his crawl space. He admitted to one. And then, um, still insisting that he's innocent of everything, he says that maybe other people are burying bodies in his other crawl space. Other people. In his crawl space. Because you just know where other people's crawl spaces are. And you're going to go into somebody else's crawl space because you know they've already buried one body in there. So what's 32 more? I'm sorry, 28 more or whatever. Um, so Gacy was on death row for 14 years. There, when So, like, the day that he's set to die, there's lines and, like, miles of people. Good. Basically, like, on both sides, like, for and against the death penalty. Oh. Yeah. Um, a lot of the people there were, like, dressed up in themed t-shirts, clown wigs, and, like, singing songs and cheering. Like, like Bundy. Basically, like Bundy. Um, all of the victims and the victims' families were not allowed in the auditorium for... Gacy's, um, they, they had just passed the lethal injection instead of the electric chair, Mm -hmm. but they were not allowed in there. Okay. So they were all, like... Probably too many. (laughs) Like, way too many. But they were basically, like, all sequestered in a building far away from the prison, watching it on TV. Um, so at 12.58 a.m. on May 10th, 1994, Gacy was declared dead. The, like, fucked up thing that his lawyer was upset about in this was that the injections began at 12.40, and it shouldn't take 18 minutes to die from lethal injection. Fuck off. Um, there was a bunch of delays, and, like, the machine malfunctioned multiple times. So there's speculation that he actually suffocated to death instead of dying from the lethal injection drugs. Good. Yeah. I don't feel bad. Oh, I don't either. <laughs> but, like, that was something, like, she was very upset about it, and I, like, what are you going to do now? He's gone. Yeah, also, like, 18 minutes. He repeatedly drowned people and then brought them back to life. Right, he kind of deserved longer than 18 minutes. Okay, so his lawyer, her name was Karen Conti. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> Karen Conti, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's fine. His lawyer, Karen, says that there's still speculation, and there, like, was at the time, that Gacy didn't act alone, and there were several other people that could be involved. Okay, then look into them. Gacy always said that he didn't kill all of these boys. He never gave names or said anything for certain, but he alluded to there maybe being a quote-unquote bigger picture and that there might be a snuff film operation and that some of these boys were being killed and videotaped and the videos were being sold on the black market. Who knows? He never said who it was or who was involved or that he was involved in that particularly. Her thoughts were that it may be possible Gacy liked to make money and there was a market for that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, there still is. Yeah. Um, Eight million missing American children. (sighs) Yeah. Gacy has said that maybe there's four guys involved. And then he he actually does name three other men. He names a man named John Normand, Mm -hmm. Phil Paskey, and David Cram. So basically, like, the story is a guy named John Normand, he's doing jail time for assaulting kids. While John Normand is in jail, he creates a newsletter called The Delta Project, And it's essentially a sex trafficking ring 
and this is getting, it's like a newsletter that's getting sent out to men who want to have sex with young boys. While he's in jail, he meets Phil Paskey, and Paskey takes over his operation when Norman gets released. Paskey works for John Wayne Gacy in his contracting company. Gacy even says that the, the police should look into John Norman and his videos and see if there are any crossovers in victims that might be seen. Paskey dies in 1998, Norman dies in 2009, and neither of them ever spoke publicly about Gacy. Well, why would they? I don't know. Gacy's sister, Karen, she said that like when they dem demolished Gacy's home, she was able to like salvage a dresser and a box of Gacy's, and there was like packets taped inside of a door on the dresser, and inside of it was um, homemade porn pornographic pictures of Gacy and two other men. And she, I mean, she brought them directly to the police. And during an interview, when they're, basically, cops were also speculating that Gacy might have had more than 33 victims. Absolutely. He traveled a lot. There could be victims from out of state. And, like, when the cops bring that up to Gacy, he says, well, 45 sounds like a good number. And then, like, never says it again. So there's, that, the speculation on that is that he killed while he was out of state. Yeah. Because Gacy also talks about um, one of the bodies that he dumps, and he just drags it into the woods and leaves it there. He's the worst. He is the worst. So, right before Gacy is executed, uh, Gacy gave this, like, box of tapes and books and stuff that was from his cell that he didn't want, like, the guards to take, basically. He gave that to somebody who he had been corresponding with named Craig Bowley, in March of 1984. Craig Bully began writing to Gacy in 1983, and then again in 84, and then again in 88, and Gacy, Gacy finally responded to one of his letters. They start exchanging letters and talking on the phone. Bowley mm -hmm. says he wanted to write a book or maybe a movie. He recorded all of his phone calls with Gacy, and they're, like, friendly with each other. Yeah. Like, they just chat. By the end of 1988, they were talking four to five times a week. In January 1989, Bowley flew to see Gacy, and he would do this every three months, and he would stay for three days. And he did that for six years. He says that um, he had just put this stuff in a box in a closet, like the stuff that Gacy gave him. Just shoved it into a box, and he was, like, recently going through all of his archived information and rediscovered tapes that he hadn't labeled, like, because he kept the recorded phone calls. Um, and he, like, doesn't know he doesn't know why Gacy gave them to him but he obviously listens to them and they were from 1979 and these are the tapes of Gacy's full confessions and he doesn't play them no he plays a little bit of like the first one where Gacy's talking about it but he's like Gacy sounds nervous and unsure of himself he's not confident yet like this is right after he's like caught mm -hmm. so in jail Gacy had this, like, giant book. Like, it's like a dictionary size. Like, it's huge. Like, it's just massive. Um, this book was basically a profile of every single victim with photos and backgrounds and, like, chapters of information. And he claimed that it was to say that he had no ties to any victim. Like, there was no way that he could have run into any of these boys. Like, he compiled all of that information in an attempt to get his execution, like, put off. Um, in 2011, Chicago PD reopened the unidentified found bodies from Gacy's crawlspace, like the case for mm -hmm. them. They're, they ask 
the families to come forward if they've had a loved one go missing in Gacy's crime time frame from 1970 to December 22nd, 1978, and they submit and they're asking them to submit a DNA sample to match to new, the newly extracted DNA from the eight unidentified bodies. They exhumed the bodies to extract and compile DNA profiles, and then, like, the same day that they announced this in, like, a press conference, they get 70 to 80 leads on missing people from those timelines. They do manage to identify two more victims, but there are still six unidentified. I know, it's so sad. Yeah. Also, his last meal was a bucket of original recipe, mm -hmm. KFC, french fries, 12 fried shrimp, and a pound of strawberries. Which isn't that much, it's just like your regular clamshell. Yeah. But on top of the bucket of oh, chicken no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. and fries and 12 fried shrimp. <laughs> he was a big guy. He was a big guy. Short. Short, but wide. Yes. That's it. He's such a terrible motherfucker. He's so bad. I feel like he's like the underrated worst serial killer. Yeah. Like you always hear about like Ted Bundy. Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, the shit Ted Bundy did to people was fucking. Also terrible. Like, like up there to me with. Yes. But Ted Bundy, like how he killed people, yes. was so horrifying to me once I watched. I don't think I knew about that till the Ted Bundy tapes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like right up there. Yeah, but for me, it's like the sheer volume of people that Gacy has killed. I bet you Bundy's up there. Probably. Probably. They just couldn't find any. Thank God for DNA. Thank God for DNA. Yeah. And teeth marks. And Bundy was smart and didn't bury them in his fucking house. That's like the most idiotic thing. I well, he would put think. them like in the mountainside so like yeah. one, he could go back to them, but two, like also wildlife took care of a lot of it. What? You don't want to bury bodies in your crawl space? 33, his house was packed full of bodies. Imagine sleeping in that house. No. That's why they demolished it. With that many bodies around you decaying. That's why they demolished it. Yeah. Same thing with Dahmer. Yeah. I mean, initially they turned it into a vegan restaurant. I love that story. Which I think is so fucking funny. I like can't even deal. No, it is so funny. Um, but then it got Dying. demolished. <laughs> As they should, because like... Oh, I kind of wish they didn't. Like, it I would, would be cool to see, but also you know that somebody is going to like try to buy that house to like recreate... Gacy. I guess that's true. Also, though, like, the murder house, H.H. H. Holmes. Yes. Imagine if you could oh go see God. that. Oh, my God. I would lose my shit. We'll so have to do H.H. Holmes. We should do him. He's one of my... He's, he's like, insane. the first serial killer. He is the first serial killer. Like, known. Yeah. Besides the Muffin Man. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll just ruin World Fairs for you, too. That's my favorite thing to do. Ruin everything for everybody. H.H. <laughs> <laughs> Holmes deserves his own episode, I think. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay. Also, his depiction... Sorry, real quick. They, um... In American Horror Story Hotel... Oh, they do him? The main character is him. Based off of him. Like, loosely. Mm. Like, Evan Peters' character I that he plays. I want to make love to Evan Peters. You can as H.H. H. Holmes. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> It's great. Like he, he's got this like shitty little like pencil mustache. It makes I me think laugh he's every time so cute. No, he is. But it like makes me laugh every time I like when I watch that season specifically. Mm -hmm. It like just like his fucking little pencil mustache like kills me, and like the accent that he does is so funny to me. Hmm. It's good. 
I don't think AJ Holmes was from here. No. He wasn't. Okay. So, also, we should get into, like, Russian serial killers, because they're extra fucked up. There's, like, a Russian story that, like, haunts me still, and I read it, oh, God, I was probably, like, 13 or 14. Too young, but when you're, like, exploring the internet just for fun. Yeah. And you, like, find the fucked up shit like that. It was, like, two boys that kill somebody with a hammer? Um, Nick and his friends one time when we first started dating were, like, watching... I'm sorry, World's Toughest Prisons, Russia. Oh, no. Like, it no, was, like... No. Like, I feel like death row in America is, like, very kind of, like... Like, you expect it to be scarier than it is, but, like, it's really just people sitting in, like, these fucked up cells. And they just are sitting in... They have, like, they let you rehab cats in there. No, these people were, like, shaking the bars. Like, one guy was so violent, they had to keep him, like... It was, like, bulletproof glass, a jail cell, another level of bulletproof oh. glass, and then, like, oh, no. metal doors. No, no. He wasn't even allowed out of his cell because he had, like, escaped so many times and was, like, so violent. Like, they tried letting him out. Like, they'd have him cuffed, and they'd have him, like, cuffed, like, secured to, like, right. a two-by-four as well. Right. Like, he's just not allowed out anymore. Wow. Like, I'm like, I feel like people aren't that fucked up here. No. I mean, they're fucked up. I mean, they are fucked up, but, like... Not like rabid. There you go. That's a word. Feral. Yeah. There you go. Feral. Feral prisoners. Feral and prisoners. Check it out. Not feral children. Oh, they freak me out. Feral prisoners. Feral children, and they're real, you guys. Feral children are real, and they are creepy. They are very creepy. They don't mean to be, but they don't. It's like not their fault. It's not their fault. I got chills like all up and down my them body. And left them in the woods. Okay. The real life story of Mowgli is not cute. It's not cute. <laughs> Okay, next week, Dahmer? I don't know. H.H. H. Holmes. Maybe. <laughs> we'll put a poll up over the next couple days. I thought of somebody else, too. Who? I can't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We'll put a poll up, and if you have suggestions... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send them to us. Yes, we love suggestions. We would love any suggestions, any feedback or comments we had a couple people to tell us that the black eyed kids episode was like horrifying and they it like, was horrifying <laughs> i w it wasn't that bad to me i bought a ring doorbell <laughs> you want to see the black eyed kids now. you're like inviting them in no 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 i just want to know if, like if they knock like who it is just don't answer the door no i'm not going to effort but like <laughs> i need to know <laughs> you need to know if it's a black eyed kid or not yeah before i open the door all right all right just don't open the door problem solved i don't think they'll show up hmm. i hope not I spent a lot of time looking. <laughs> so here's the thing. I hate it. Like, I, it freaks me out, but, like, I'm also interested. So then I spent a lot of time looking how I found the eyeball man. Mm-hmm. Um, was looking for black-eyed kids caught on camera. <laughs> no! Stop! You're so freaked out by them. Stop looking Can you catch them? them on camera? I don't know. Are they vampires? I don't know, but there's, like, a lot of... So there's, like, this thing. It's, like, the whole Kennedy thing where, mm -hmm. like, if you see some, like, the um, badge man... Okay. They don't... People think that they see, like, a guy, like, a police officer or something, like, right. off in the hedges. Right. But, like, your brain can, like, depict shadows into people. Yeah. Um, which is, like, weird. Also... Also creepy. If you dream about somebody that you've never met before, you have seen that person's face before because your brain does not have the ability to create new faces. That's my least favorite fun fact. Oh, I think it's so interesting. No. Because, oh, I like, love it. People, I see so many people at work 
that I like in my dreams sometimes I'm like who the fuck are these people like my dreams are always jam-packed with people oh well you've seen them somewhere yeah at fucking work probably that place haunts my nightmares and my dreams yeah I used to have chili mares what we call them chili's nightmares nick and i would literally wake up and be like oh fuck maybe like chili mare i'd be like yeah that's like the <laughs> worst name for it too like there's too many people you can't get the food out i don't they're fucking stupid it's stressful i've had asleep. like several dreams about work where i like continually fuck up and i can't stop um i had a chili mare like two weeks ago <laughs> i haven't worked there <laughs> since i was like 22 <laughs> i was like what that's are my you favorite doing story. here Get out. Get out. Maybe it's because you went to Chili's. Maybe. Also, I want to talk about Amityville Horror, too. Okay. I'm really stuck on it. I don't know why. I'll watch the movie. You've never seen the movie? Oh, I have, but it's been like 12 years, oh. probably. At least. Okay. I'm not a fan of like the shaky cam movies. No. Like, I don't think it's like that. It's not? No. I thought it was. Cloverfield. Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project. That's the one I always get them mixed up. That's not real, though. No, but, like, when you watch them, like, back-to-back almost, mm. as, like, a too young child to be watching those uh-huh. movies, they, like, stick into my brain as one movie, and it's just a shaky cam true footage story. My dad was explaining to me, like, the horror of watching The Blair Witch Project in, like, the <laughs> late 90s, and not, like, it was advertised like it was real, and, like, oh, no. not knowing that it wasn't real, because, like, Google wasn't, like, as accessible, right. like, so all these people for, like, three months, like, straight up thought, like, this happened. Like, that's this, terrifying. I, could you, that's why, because I was, told my dad, I was like, I don't get why that movie's, like, so scary, like, it's spooky, for sure. Right. My dad's he's like, like, no, because we thought it was real. He's like, we thought it was fucking real. <laughs> for, like, months. Embarrassing. Like, the fourth kind? The fourth. Fuck. Yeah, no, some, I think that's right. Like, they made that... It's based on real accounts, but, like, not as... Yeah. It's not a true story. They portrayed it originally. Okay, that was very tangenty. I'm so sorry. I... Listen to it or don't. I don't know. I've never seen the fourth kind, either. I haven't, either. I just think that's... It sounds right. It does sound right. It could also be very wrong. It freaks me out so bad. Maybe I'll look into that true story, because I spent a lot of time on that in high school. Because there's, like, videos. (laughs) Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Of, like, aliens, I think. Ooh. I think it's, like, alien abduction. Okay. But, like, the fucked up kind. Like I don't the know. kind. Yeah, because I think they live in Alaska. Hmm. All right. Enough tangents. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post. If you have somebody specific you want us to cover, let us know. We'll or go like from there. Case, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, thank you. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations and thank you, and goodbye. Goodbye.